Hello, you're listening to a preview version of a premium episode of Blocked and Reported. We're going to talk about the scandal that has engulfed the up-and-coming conservative thinker Richard Hanania. If you want to hear the whole thing, you got to go to blockedandreported.org, where for just $5 and up, you can become a uh, premium subscriber. And you'll get three extra episodes like this one every month, plus other perks, including ad-free, free episodes. Hope you enjoy the preview. You there? <laughs> I forgot I was supposed to. I said throw it to me in like seven seconds. You literally had one job. And then I heard you sipping your tea daintily because you told me all about your tea. This whole tea ritual that I blacked out hearing immediately because I. We're starting out on a really strong note today. Don't. Why don't you just pour tap water into a giant sort of creased in plastic water bottle like the rest of us, like males do? You have some sort of big thermos tea system going? It's boring. You don't want to hear about it. But when you said creased water bottle, or, or do you drink out of plastic, Jesse? Yeah. Isn't that, is that like bad for my sperm or whatever? Oh, God. You are, you're transitioning. This is what's going to happen. Your endocrines are getting disrupted right now. You're going to be one of those frogs that turns from male to female. Is this why my breasts are so huge? No, that's because you don't pump. <laughs> We actually, I wanted to start the real part of the episode, which starts now. That was just practice. I wanted to address a listener complaint I've gotten a couple times. What is it this week? Basically, so we have this thing where we will refer to someone as a friend of the podcast. Sometimes we were referencing friends of the podcast. Sometimes we're using it in a very dry manner to refer to folks who seem to despise us or or with whom we have some degree of Everybody's a friend of the podcast. Right. But I, I think we should find a way to differentiate that tonally. So here, let me just do a couple versions and you can tell me if this will get the point across. Okay. Sure. As Jack Smith, who is a friend of the podcast pointed out, that's normal. As Jack Smith, who is a friend of the podcast (laughs) pointed out, does that work? Is is Jack Smith a friend of the podcast or a friend of the podcast? I honestly don't know. Oh, I forgot a, Jack Smith is an actual name, but I meant just a generic name. It is a real name. It's someone who has actually been in the news quite a bit lately. Jack's, oh, I was thinking of Jack Smith the fourth. <laughs> oh, you're, no, there's so many Jack Smiths. Oh my God. So you're thinking of the guy who got Me Too'd like six years ago and sort of disappeared from the public eye. I'm thinking of- well, I saw you, recently. Or like you did? Really? Well, I just saw him like on the street in Brooklyn. Really? Did you talk to him? Yeah, we said hi briefly. I think he's okay. I mean, the whole thing was really fucked up. Does, uh, does he have a job? I don't know. I didn't get the details. Also, I don't like um, talk to people who are lower than me on the journalism hierarchy. So I just, I sort of- I guess he is now because he got me too. And, and His story was really fucked up. We talked about that early on, right? Uh, we probably did. So this was a story that I know I wrote about it for The Stranger, but I was sort of forgetting the details. Jezebel wrote a piece- Accusing this guy, Jack Smith the Fourth, he'd been an, uh, a reporter and like on-camera guy for the short-lived but heavily funded outlet Mike, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he, Jezebel wrote a piece during the height of like Me Too frenzy about how he'd been a bad boyfriend, and like it had nothing to do with employment. It had nothing to. He wasn't dating people in media. He'd been a shitty boyfriend to people, to women. I mean, there was more. He was accused of more than that, but it was quite vague. And the worst part, as you pointed out, was one of the women who like went to Vice and was like, this guy was emotionally abusive. At the same time she was doing that, she hosted her own podcast where she talked about how she was using him for sex. So it was a little bit uh, questionable. I think the exact quote from the podcast was, Dick too dick good. Too dick, yeah, something like that. Dick too bomb, not dick, dick too you're good. You're right. You're right. Dick, dick too bomb. You don't know how the young people talk. Yeah, so he got fired from his job after that. Uh, I, I have no idea what he's doing for work. Next time you run into him, please ask. There, I mean, that was that one was pretty bad. There was an even worse one with um, 
what's his name? Jamie Kilstein. We've talked about these. Oh, so speaking of Jamie, I just yesterday I realized that I hadn't like seen his tweets in a while. So I looked on his Twitter. Jamie's a Christian now. He took that. He took that turn. Oh, did he? He's like a. He's yeah. He's like went from like canceled dude to Christian. I don't know influencer. He's making Christian content. Is he still on Twitter though? He's barely on Twitter. He's doing most of his stuff on Instagram. Yeah, that's. I'd rather be a Christian than be on Twitter, given that option. Hey, speaking of cancellation, I saw a tweet the other day or a couple weeks ago that I've been thinking about ever since, and I want to run this by you. I can't, unfortunately, I can't remember who 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 originally tweeted it, but the tweet was something like, "Who is the most canceled woman alive?" Joan of Arc. Alive, Jesse. And I've been pondering this because it's alive. a surprisingly wait. Joan of Arc died. <laughs> it's a surprisingly difficult question to answer at least to me do you have do you have an answer the most canceled woman alive uh men is so much easier there's so many more of them yeah i don't know i mean like i'm sure there's uh, you could there's answers you could give of people who in many senses aren't canceled at all jk rowling is in many senses totally not canceled she's probably gotten more negative attention than most people have right but i would not consider her canceled at all uh i really don't know who i would pick who would you pick jessica (laughs) yaniv Okay, in the replies, a lot of people said Roseanne Barr. She's pretty canceled. She's yeah. pretty canceled. Although I think she does she does some shows, but she has certainly taken a like huge fall from grace after her uh, ambient moment. Yeah, definitely. And then the other one that I thought was that maybe would qualify would be Amy Cooper. She is very canceled. Yeah, but it's just it's it's just way harder to answer that question about women than men. I can think of a dozen men who've been severely canceled. Woody Allen being one of them. I mean, he still has some job opportunities, but like when he dies, you think they're going to do the little uh, like tribute at the Oscars? Yeah. I think maybe not. That's interesting. Okay, well, I guess in comments, if you're yeah. a uh, primo, tell us who the most canceled woman alive is. But we've got a show to get to. Do we not? Apparently. I thought we were just here to chat, but okay, we can talk. We can do a show. No, I, I don't really like talking. It's more To me, it's more of a business thing, and we got to make that money. Katie, how do you feel about racism? I don't know her. I've never <laughs> met her. It doesn't even work as a joke. It was like, like a name. Racism. <laughs> I guess you gave me an answer befitting the stupidity of the question. Yeah. Um, Unlike you, I personally hate racism. I know I'm going to catch some flack for this brave stance, but courage is important at times like these. I think racism is quite bad. So it's been interesting watching the story of Richard Hanania unfold uh, since last week. Uh, For those not familiar, Hanania is a um, man of Palestinian Christian descent. I guess that matters in context for reasons that will become clear. He's got a JD. He's got a PhD in poli science. um, Very much an up-and-coming conservative thinker who gets speaking and teaching gigs, including at places like UT Austin's Macomb School of Business and the very different but similarly named University of Austin. His own substack is listed as having quote-unquote only uh, hundreds of paid subscribers. I say quote unquote because like it says only. I'm saying only because yeah. I, I actually thought his was bigger. He has like okay, so you're quote unquoting yourself. I'm quote unquoting myself. I'm saying it's obnoxious to say only hundreds of paid subscribers because a lot of people would kill for that. It's it's not like an unsuccessful Substack. I thought it would be it, much bigger. Although it probably doesn't say paid. It says twenty. They give you more data than the user. It says twenty thousand or so paid. Uh, only hundreds of unpaid. Okay. Only hundreds of paid. That is not a great conversion rate. No, it's not. Richard. But he like, he very much punches above his weight. Like he's an increasingly influential thinker. He's name checked by big name pundits and sort of right of center, mostly intellectuals with much larger audiences, uh, especially those with like a a tech bro bent. 
He also started the Center for the Study of Partisanship and Ideology, which is basically like an anti-woke mini think tank. It's just him and a couple other people. They, they've pulled in a lot of money, relatively speaking, uh, from, from conservative donors. And I guess part of the deals they then distributed out for like academic projects and so forth. Um, the goal being to, to fight wokeness. Uh, he's also had some big guests on his podcast, including Steven Pinker, Mark Andreessen, and most importantly, me. I went there to show my book. You did his podcast? I did, to show my book. Hmm. What's that hum mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, he's a racist. You went on a racist podcast. <laughs> don't bear, Joe don't Rogan, the gun. Richard Hananian, blocked and reported. It's a theme here. Hanania, make sure to get his Whatever. name right. Uh, Richard Hanania also has a book coming out called The Origins of Woke, Civil Rights Law, Corporate America, and the Triumph of Identity Politics, set to be published September 19th. Okay, so how familiar are you with his writing? Do you, are you a reader? Are you a, one of the hundreds of paid subscribers? Katie, you may have noticed this, but in the last five to ten years, the number of substackers has significantly increased. Have you noticed that? I have. I have, yeah. I'm behind on a lot of substackers. Um, I ended up catching up on a lot of his work. In preparation for this segment, I found some of his pieces interesting, maybe like a little bit in the mold of like a more culture war-ish or, or political Scott Alexander Siskind of Slate Star Codex. He, he obviously has some conservative and very anti-woke views, but I, I found him to be a fairly original thinker and writer. Um, one of his essays is called Why the Media is Honest and Good. And like he's basically arguing to a very media skeptical audience that while the media gets certain stuff wrong and reliably wrong on certain issues, they're actually pretty good at delivering factual information. Um, he basically says they're much better and more dedicated to the truth than right wing media outlets. So like doesn't make sense to turn to those out of frustration. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a piece on what he calls enlightened centrists that I found useful and interesting. And it sort of offered sage advice on how to be a good and open minded thinker. Um, and he like, he has a tendency even before the stuff we're about to discuss, he's always had a tendency to alternate between writing like fairly normal stuff and then wandering off into crazyville. So he had one tweet, which said, maybe old people shouldn't all commit seppuku, meaning kill themselves, but we need to think creatively about how they can have dignity in a world where many are only burdens with technological change becoming more rapid. They no longer even have wisdom to offer young generations. Wow. Need new solutions. Like instead of asking your grandfather, you can just Google it. I like that. It's much more efficient. And then after you find out what you need, you then Google how to kill your grandpa. So like, (laughs) uh, so Katie, what's your, no, they'll kill themselves. (laughs) What's your own level of familiarity with Richard Hanadia? I really know him mostly from Twitter. I had never read any of his work until this big controversy that we're going to talk about today. And I went back and read a couple of his essays. But until then, really just from Twitter. And my impression of him from Twitter is that he is an interesting thinker for sure. Also part troll. Yeah. And like I think the only time we've talked about him on this show was earlier this year – in the winter time last winter and he said something i don't remember the details but he said something extremely obnoxious about women and he he does that he like makes sweeping statements about entire demographics of people mm-hmm. but he's also very willing to piss off his like quote unquote own side yeah. now i'm air quoting myself here which i really do appreciate and lately he's been 
maybe it's the COVID stuff. I, I don't follow him that closely. But lately, he has been really dinging right-wingers on this sort of conspiratorial yeah. thinking. Um, and I, I really appreciate that about him. He, he, is, he is, like, very heterodox, you know, much more so than I think some, people, some of us who are, who are sort of grouped in with heterodox thinkers. He's very heterodox. That being said... Our uh, present story about him begins August 4th. That's when HuffPost published an article by Christopher Matthias. Or Matthias? I think it's Matthias. Do you remember that name? Have you come across that name? No. He's a, um, I'm getting in trouble, a little bit in trouble for this digression. Matthias is not, generally speaking, a credible reporter based on what I've seen. He's one of these guys who covers right-wing extremism and those who combat it. And he's writing a book about that subject. But he seems to have gotten pretty close to his left-wing subjects, like Antifa folks, and he, and he doesn't cover them with much skepticism. To take one example, he once tweeted, people sure are talking about how Andy No is a threat to our community and provides kill lists for autumn Oh, my God. Do you remember? Yes. This is, a, this is like a game of telephone allegation. What are the details? Andy No is a is, – do you, do you know the details? I mean – Long story short, a bunch of Antifa folks. Okay, we've talked about Andy No on this story, on this podcast. There's plenty to dislike about Andy No. Um, he just lost uh, his lawsuit against Antifa. Uh, yeah, he, um, he we, 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 people can go back in the archives. We've talked about him at length. We don't need to relitigate that. But at one point, Antifa, some Antifa folks are, are the same activists who have like physically attacked him and are spreading rumors about him, spread the rumor that he provided a kill list of like journalists and activists to Ottomwaffen, which is a generally a genuinely dangerous Nazi group. Now, you might that's a pretty serious allegation. To say a journalist gave a list of people to kill to a Nazi group, which doesn't first of all, it's unclear what that means. Right. It's like he was he freelancing for Adam Boffin? <laughs> They're like, we don't know who to kill. We're gonna outsource this to Andy No. And, and the 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 gen the like seed of this rumor comes from a piece that someone else wrote that included a like chart of of journalists who this person I can't remember who it was who this person thought like journalists who this person thought were Antifa friendly Antifa sympathetic yeah and Andy worked for and like the outlet might have been Quillette or something like that. Andy was an editor. It was Quillette. Andy yeah. was an editor at that outlet. Did he edit that piece? I have no idea. But it has it. It's just that's the the genesis of this rumor that is has completely taken on a life its own and it's just like canon andy provided a kill list to autumn Waffen. it's ridiculous we yeah you don't need to take our words for it so there's there's a lefty activist named emily gorchensky who um also fashions herself as like an anti-extremism researcher she herself is very very crazy she wants she said one of the most memorable things about me on twitter i've ever seen which is um she was assaulted by like actual white nationalists she said on twitter the only person i hate more than the nazis who physically assaulted me is jesse single <laughs> but we'll link to her post about the andy no autumn waffen kill us thing you can read the way she explains it even the way she explains it, th this involves so many layers of like dishonesty and it's such a game of telephone as you said. So my view, maybe uncharitable, maybe I'm being distracted here. If you're Christopher Matthias and you're spreading the rumor that a journalist helped a, a Nazi group try to kill people, I think until you've like- Not people, Jesse, journalists. Not your, well, and activists. I think until you've like- explain that and corrected it. There's no fucking reason for me to take you seriously. Like I, I take that really seriously. That sort of slander. So I think that's enough reason not to take Christopher and seriously. I couldn't continue without pointing that out because it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, 
In this case, he writes a piece uh, called Richard Hanania, rising right wing star wrote for white supremacist sites under pseudonym subhead. Hanania is championed by tech moguls and a U.S. Senator, but HuffPost found he used a pen name to become an important figure in the alt-right. And because uh, it's so easy to link Richard Hanania to his, um, this alter ego of his, he used to have called Richard host H O S T E. Uh, Matthias basically has him dead to rights. Like he wrote, horrific shit for websites like countercurrents talkies magazine v dare and richard spencer's sort of og alternative right website Uh, among other things he said these included calls for anyone with an iq below 80 or 90 to be mandatorily sterilized i think that was uh that was law in north carolina until like the 1970s (laughs) he wrote something you're laughing i'm not kidding (laughs) Mandatory, they had mandatory sterilization until the 1970s in your state. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't like mandatory across the bar, the board, but they did sterilize without consent people who they deemed like retarded. Yes. Oh, I yeah, that did go pretty yeah. late. Okay. He also made uh, the quote moral case for white nationalism. In another instance, he wrote, quote, if we want to defend our liberty and property, a low IQ group of a different race sharing the same land is a permanent antagonist. Uh, In addition, he wrote of Sarah Palin in 2009, quote, it has been suggested that Sarah Palin is a sort of Rorschach test for Americans. The attractive, religious, and fertile white woman drove the (laughs) ugly, secular, and barren, white, self-hating, and Jewish elite absolutely mad well before there were any questions about her qualifications. The loyal she inspires in the white masses is similarly based on gut feelings rather than rational analysis. Uh, I I want to note something here, Jesse. So he wrote this in 2009. I'm looking at the paragraph that you just read. Read, and he capitalizes the words white. He was really ahead of his time. Oh, all's yeah. forgiven. Uh, wait, I guess we're not capitalizing white. I think we do white and black. Oh, do we do both? I think we do. We don't do either, but I think other people do both. He also wrote in 2009, quote, while an increasing Muslim underclass might not inspire as much bad art, I think he means as much bad art as a black underclass, the IQ and genetic differences between them and Native Europeans are real and assimilation is impossible. Also 2009, this is the last one, he wrote that, quote, large-scale female involvement in politics, end quote, is a, quote, bad thing, end quote. Women simply don't evolve to be the decision makers in society. He added that women's liberation equals the end of human civilization. Interesting. Yeah, this is like horribly awful stuff. Uh, Hanania was clearly like a deeply racist white nationalist at the time, and there's there's no way around that. Um some folks, including Christopher Matthias, the, the author of this HuffPo piece, have quickly argued that when you compare what he said as Richard Host to what he says as Richard Hanania, it might be more of a difference in degree uh, than kind, like as in Richard Hanania isn't exactly unracist himself. Here are some of the tweets he posted under his own name. I don't have much hope that will solve crime in any meaningful way. Uh, He tweeted while promoting an article he wrote about black crime. It would require a revolution in our culture or form of government. We need more policing, incarceration, and surveillance of black people. Blacks won't appreciate it. Whites don't have the stomach for it. All right. So he's a a stop and frisk guy. (laughs) That's a polite way to put it. All right. So I did read the article. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something here as awful as that sounds. The the article he wrote... uh, That's it. That's all you get to hear. Hope you enjoyed the preview. Go to blockedandreported.org if you want to hear the rest. Bye.